2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. When you take church and you combine it with competition, you get... Um, I don't know, tell me. Junior Bible Quiz. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> Blast from the past. <laughs> do you... We we didn't actually do Junior Bible Quiz, but we no. did have a friend who was really good at Junior Bible Quiz. Do you remember that? Caleb Damron. Yes. He was... Uh, I don't know exactly where he ranked, but he was in like the top like 50 or so for his age in Junior Bible wow. Quiz. So, Caleb, this is for you. Um, we're going to do some junior Bible quiz questions oh, gosh. to start this podcast. <laughs> um, oh, boy. We'll see how much we really know about the Bible here. Um, do I get so, any lifelines? <laughs> no lifelines on this oh, show. <laughs> All right. So, the first question. <clears throat> how many books are there in the Bible? And I can't actually answer oh, this gosh. one because I looked it up today, but I didn't know the answer. You do know the answer? I did know the answer before I looked it up. Oh, gosh. Oh, shoot. How many books are in the Bible? Okay. This is bad. Uh, I think it's like, I want to say it's like in the 60s, but I can't remember. What number in the 60s? 66. That is correct. Oh, my God. That's incredible. 66 books in wow. the Bible. Wow, I shouldn't be this proud about that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do a random question. Hopefully it's not one that I know. Wow. Um, oh, this one's easy. Who were the first two brothers? We're brothers. But oh, who were the Cain first and... two brothers? Cain and Abel. Okay, and what is significant about that story? Um, I mean, not all the theology, but what happens? What's the big thing that happens between Cain and Cain Cain kills Abel right nice there it is yeah yeah, yeah. see you it's know like, more than you think you do well I was like I knew one of them killed I was like I'm pretty sure it was Cain but yeah nice okay let's see um how did Jacob show his special love for Joseph oh he gave him the the coat of many colors I forget how many colors that is also correct. The reason I remember this is because of my theater background, and there's a musical <clears throat> called Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. If you've never yeah. seen that musical, <laughs> I don't know if I recommend it or not. I actually haven't ever seen it. I think I saw it one time at a church, but I don't remember if it was good or not. So, <laughs> Dang, three for three. I'm on fire. Um, Sign me up. <laughs> next question. How many years did the Israelites wander in the wilderness? Oh gosh. Uh I think I, I know think, the answer. Yeah, I was right. I think I, it's 400 years, is that right? 400 years or 40. <laughs> 400 years would be a very long time. It was 40. Which oh, is still a long okay. time, but I just uh, added a zero. <laughs> yeah. 400 years. Okay. 
Okay, let's do like two or two or three more. Um, Forty. I'm actually proud of myself. I mean, some of these are like I'm like, wow, you had to know this to be in junior Bible quiz. This is crazy. Um, ding, what ding, what ding. did what did Daniel do when the king decreed he could no longer pray to his God? Um. What did he I do actually, before when he decreed it was no longer allowed to worship God? So before he went into the, the lion's den, what did he do? I, I, I'm blanking. I believe he prayed in front of his window. Like he opened up his window and he prayed. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. This says he continued to pray just as he always did. But yes, he like opened <laughs> yeah. his window okay. and he prayed. Oh, nice. Um... Which of the disciples was a tax collector? I'm going to take a guess. I actually don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to take a guess and I'm going to say it's Matthew. Yeah, I think I think it might be Matthew. I think you're you're right. Matthew. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> wow. This is incredible. Wow. Well, guys, this was an actual live. We were we have not rehearsed that, so it was a pretty This incredible. was just an ego boost for us. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, this is a this is a episode we're going to be talking about biblical illiteracy. Basically, people we don't know the Bible as well as we think we do. Um, where do you think this comes from, Tanner? When you were growing up, what did you think about reading the Bible? What were your feelings about reading the Bible, and has that has that changed as an adult? Um, I don't know. I I guess growing up, I. I didn't really ever take it seriously. I, I recall times like sitting in my bedroom trying to like force myself through it and not really fully understanding what was happening or even really the significance of it. And yeah, I guess I didn't view it more than, I don't, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to, especially thinking about when we were growing up, I guess more now, uh, now is probably for me, like the most I've been able to like look at the Bible as like seeing really what it is. And like how it was um, compiled, how it was constructed, how like different all these different people writing these um, letters and documentations, and how it was constructed, and how it was um, passed along, and things like that. Um, I've it's really changed how I view the Bible, um, and, and really I think it's provided a lot more credibility because I think growing up you're you're like in Sunday school and you you have the felt. Um, you know, the felt characters put on the, and I, I don't even know what that's called, the but, um, it's a felt board. Yeah. Just a felt board. Um, everything, I guess for me, it, like I, I viewed it still as real, but I guess for me, it was like hard to really, I guess, wrap my brain around it. It just felt more like stories, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think one thing that I always, it was just something that a Christian did. I didn't really understand the purpose of it you know, it was God's word. It was training me. None of those things kind of came to mind. The other kind of memories that I have is that I remember Samma, our grandma yeah, yep. would give us a challenge every year. Uh, she'd give us a, a memory verse to uh, memorize as a whole family. And if you memorized it, you got um, something like $50 or $20 or I don't know, something like yeah. that. I don't know <laughs> if any of it. And then it got down to, we didn't even memorize the verse. You just had to have this little sheet of paper that had the memory verse on it. You didn't actually have to remember it anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so if you just had the slip of paper, you just, you got $20. Um, so that was one memory. In fact, she actually did a, 
um, another challenge earlier when we were younger where she gave us these cassettes of the Bible on cassette and I was the only grandchild that yep. listened to it like the whole year and I got a green Razor yep. scooter because of yep. it. I still remember that and I still remember the scooter. Um, so the, my 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 thoughts around it were just like this reward base. If I do this, then I'll get this reward. Um, right. So there's just this really strange concept about reading the Bible. And so I think, you know, we're not alone in that. I think that, you know, Tanner and I are, are kind of, you know, in that, that camp of, you know, people that read the Bible consistently, but, you know, maybe we're not doing it every single day. And so I looked up actually some stats here that kind of talk about where, what's the state of the Bible in America. Um, so the first stat I got, which was from uh, the Barna Group, uh, it says just over one third of U.S. adults. So this isn't Christians. This is all adults in the U.S. 34% read the Bible once a week or more, while half read the Bible less than twice a year or never. So again, the, again, that, it's not necessarily surprising when you think about, you know, where culture is going as far as less religious, less Christian um, so you have all Americans, you know, maybe half of them are not even picking up the Bible at all throughout the year, maybe once or twice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, an even further stat uh, in addition to those is in between those two extremes, we find those who read the Bible more than twice a year, but not on a weekly basis. Uh, sorry, it says in between these two extremes, we find those who read the Bible more than twice a year, but not on a weekly basis. So there's like 16% mm-hmm. of those people. Yeah. But overall, one in six U.S. adults, 16%, read the Bible most days during the week. Huh. Which is actually up 12% from 2020. Wow. What are that your thoughts about of, that? That's I, 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 I mean, it's not really that many, but I do feel like that's... It kind of surprised me that one in six adults read the Bible most days. Um, and I guess it going into that you know doing like those studies what is what uh what does it mean to read the bible so is it yep, like exactly. they're getting a a uh an app they have an app that like shoots them a scripture verse of the day and that's their how they're reading or is it you know 30 or more minutes i i would want to dive in a little bit more to see what's the quantity right and i think that's that's another part of this conversation is that you know some of these stats people can answer you know, however they feel, maybe like Tanner said, they're just reading a verse out of context, you know, right. whatever it is. Um, so we don't have any of those stats, but it, there is something to think about how many times people are actually picking up their Bible. Um, yeah. There's uh, another study that was done. Uh, actually, sorry, these are there was multiple studies that were done that show that uh, more Americans are reading the Bible now than in 2020. So mm. When the pandemic's from the time the pandemic start basically to now, more people hmm. are reading the Bible, which is an interesting thought, just given the circumstances that we're in, that you have more people in the United States reading the Bible. Yeah. Um, so now I want to kind of go into more specifically Christians or Protestants um, specifically. Um, so 28% of Protestant churchgoers read the Bible a few times a month, once hmm. a month, or rarely if ever. So you have a third. <sighs> wow a third of Protestants who almost never read their Bible. And these are wow. churchgoers. These are actual people that uh, say they attend church. This is uh, Lifeway Research in 2021. Mm. 
And then on yep. the flip side of that, you have 32% that say they read it every day. So you have a third that says they read it every day. And then you have a third that says I never read it at all. Yep. And then yeah, this I, one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I probably fall into the uh, not so frequently. So like um, just, I mean, we probably have listeners that are in this camp, like read the Bible maybe a few times a month or once a month or rarely. I I definitely have like seasons. So like I'll have like a season of like or or even like longer um right. than a season, but um but yeah, just so that everyone listening, I'm kind of in this ball, you know, in in that park, you know, as well. So just just throwing in that commentation. Right. And I think you said commentation. That's a good word. I mean, uh, I yeah, I don't know what that is. Um so <laughs> I think that one thing that is important to know about these stats is that this doesn't really tell us a whole lot about, you know, knowing the Bible. This just is like the frequency in which people are reading the Bible. Um, But there is something to be said about how often you're picking something up and how often it is molding you and it is, Mm. you know, defining who you are. Um, You know, you could say the same thing about music. How often are you listening to this style of music? How much are you watching this TV show? You know, yeah. those kinds of things, the things that you your mind feeds on is what ultimately you become. Um, and that there's plenty of studies that would show you that, that, you know, as you meditate on something, as you read something more, as you do all those things, those things inform your behavior, inform your beliefs. Um, and so I think as we're thinking about that, I want to think, I want to ask the question, why do you think, Tanner, the, that Christians, not, not Americans in general, but Christians overlook reading the bible like why do you think it happens so frequently i i mean it's i think it's a complex answer i think christian and non-christian both we have so many things to keep ourselves busy and distracted that one of the last things we probably want to do is diving into like ancient literature and and these like old um not stories, but just these, uh, documentations and these, um, you know, letters and things like that. So I think part of it is just out of the, um, distraction culture that we live in. And I think for me also, it's what does it, why, why do you, I think that's really the the thing that for me personally was figuring out, well, why should I, like, I knew I needed to, I'm like, I know I need to read the Bible. But why? Why do I need to read it? And I think that to me is something that a lot of people don't either take the time to think about or don't really want to seek the answer for. And it's really it's like that's how you really grow closer to God. And that's how you and you get to learn about who he is and what he's done and what he's done over time across, you know, generations of people and with different people. And that's, that's really, it's the changing, um, it's really like, and we've talked about this, but how the Holy Spirit sort of, um, communicates to you and how it really can change who you are as a person. So, um, I think there is a, um, a misconception of about why you need to read the Bible. I think there's like, in our society, it's a very like checkbox culture where we just Mm -hmm. like, we want it, we know this is what we need to do, um, if you don't have that why of why I need to read it, then I think it's a lot harder for people to actually give it the time and energy. 
Which leads us into what we read in the intro, which says that all scripture is breathed out by God, meaning God spoke through the human authors, inspired them to write the words down. And I know that that's controversial. I know that people don't believe, um, you know, that this is God's word. I'm just saying what the Bible defines itself as and that it's profitable for teaching. So it's going to teach you some things. It's going to correct you, you know, where you're off, where you're not following God's words. It's going to correct you. And it's going to train you on the things you should be doing, training you for righteousness. And so that's what the Bible is. But I don't think that, you know, we as Christians necessarily always take that into consideration that it is giving me life. It is life giving. It's pointing me to where I should go. And I think, you know, you could talk about people, you know, find errors in there. There's um, contradictions or there's, um, you know, I think science has played a big part in why people just don't trust the Bible anymore. Uh, or think it's outdated. But those are the kind of things that people are talking about whenever they're, you know, discounting the Bible. Uh, And I would say the other thing is many Christians don't want to go through the process of learning it on their own. They would rather consume somebody else's interpretation. So listening to somebody's sermon, reading somebody's book, watching somebody on YouTube, they're going to give me um, their take and I'll accept that as my own. Somebody is going in and doing the hard work for you. So that you don't have to do it. And I feel like we miss out on some things um, when we don't do that ourselves. We don't do the hard work, I guess is what I was trying to say. Yeah. I was going to touch on a little bit sort of what you talked about with regarding like science and the Bible. Um, That so recently, and this has been probably within the past few months, I did a lot of just kind of like digging into the credibility of the Bible and 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 looking into how science fits in with the Bible and does science make sense of the Bible and does the Bible right. make sense of science and how those relate and the more I sort of started looking through that the research for that it really opened my eyes to a lot of really really smart people who are scientists um, listening to them talk about that they're Christians and, and going through, uh, for instance, um, the Genesis account and going through um, Noah's Ark and going through a lot of those different things um, that are usually, you know, that there's thrown out there as, oh, this is just a myth. Um, These are supernatural things that don't normally happen in a natural world, things like that. That and and them being able to sort of um, provide context and explanations for, you know, wh- how the Bible was written and maybe even like what was the um, purpose of those accounts and and how are they, um, what what story were they trying to tell things like that. So I think there's certain things that you can start looking into and and even the validity of the Bible. The um, and I, again I'm not going to be able to provide you like hard. Well, this is the, um, you know, going back to the, the first manuscripts, this is the percentage of, right. of um, how um, consistent they've been from those times. But um, the, the Bible is the most probably critic, critically researched book ever to exist. And the credibility it's built upon itself is, um, it, it, it can't be uh, top, topped compared to anything else, especially in ancient literature. It's, it's, 
it's pretty unbelievable. So um, I would advise, because again, it was something I struggled with, really looking into those things, um, listening to people like uh, Stephen Meyer, John Lennox. Um, these are a couple of guys I've listened to recently, even William Lane Craig. Um, those are three guys I'd throw out there as super, super smart guys. And no, they're, they're, um, they may not all be scientists, but they are um, scientifically um, thinking and things like that. And so just just as a reference, um, just thought I would touch on that. Yeah, that's really great. And, you know, I know that Tanner has talked a lot about the the science, you know, science realm of the Bible, you know, how he struggled with that. I think one thing that I've always struggled with is, you know, how popular culture presents the Bible and how that is how it totally misconstrues the message of the Bible. And so like yeah. one example is, you know, in 2020, you had Mike Pence, uh, who took a, a verse out of the Bible, replaced Jesus or Christ with old glory. And then this mm. year, 2021, you had Biden who used, um, a passage from Isaiah, um, about, you know, I am, uh, who will go for us? I am here. Send me. He was using that in reference to soldiers in Afghanistan and so you have these like really prominent leaders misusing, yeah. misinterpreting Bibles for their own purposes. So then it confuses people who aren't reading their Bibles. You know, right. oh, is that what the Bible is about? Well, it's not only yeah. that. Then you have things like on January 6th in the insurrection, you had a flag in the, the group that was um, storming the Capitol that said Jesus saves. And so you have right. this image of, you know, complete anarchy, complete uh, chaos. And then in the midst of that, Jesus saves. It's a confusing message. Um, and right. you know, on and on you could go, you could talk about how people talk about don't judge there's, you know, take this verse out of context and say, well, don't judge me. You can't judge me. That's what Jesus says. And, you know, right. there's no understanding of what these, these verses mean. Uh, and I, and I think that's so important when we're talking about biblical illiteracy, because it's not just about the frequency in which you read the Bible, but it's about actually comprehending the context. It's comprehending you know, why were these written? Who were they written by? Who were they written for? Um, and I think that what we miss out on when we don't do that kind of research is one, we can't discern between one person saying, this is what this Bible verse means. And this is what this right. Bible verse means when we're not actually reading it ourselves. And yep. so it gets confusing. It gets confusing because it's like, well, do I take this person's word or do I take this person's word? And so we miss out on the ability to be able to decide, decipher the truth but ultimately, you know, we've already talked about this before. We're actually missing out on God speaking to us right. through his word. We're missing out on that relationship. You know, if this is God's word, if he breathed it out, that means he's speaking through it to us. Now, that yep. doesn't mean that every interpretation that comes to you is the right interpretation. You know, you know, we're not going to say that, you know, the way that you interpret it is one way and I, that's my truth for me and that's their truth, right. their interpretation. That's not the way it works. But what I'm saying is you miss out on God communing with God, him talking to you, you talking back to him in prayer. Um, and so I guess, you know, one question I had for you, Tanner, was what resources have you used to better understand the Bible? What are things that you've used that we can kind of give to our listeners that have helped you better understand the Bible? Yeah. So, I mean, um, listening to guys like I just mentioned definitely has helped me. Um, cause then they, they actually, I think for me, it was like sort of building a foundation. Um, and, and obviously the Bible should be the foundation, but also like, um, being able to, I needed sort of a, like a lens opening of like what the Bible was and what it wasn't and being able to see 
oh, it's actually a lot more complex than you know what a lot of people think of it. It's it's yeah. it's not just these like uh, oh they just wrote these myths and and you know none of this happened, um, but archaeological evidence things like that. Um, I think for me it was like uh, I have actually an ancient um, so it's a ancient uh, Middle East um, cultural background Bible. Um, and that, that's been a really interesting thing to also like go alongside of, um, you know, I, you have the internet. So Google is like a great resource to just like Google, Hey, what does this chapter, um, and and looking at commentaries and different commentaries and, and cause those are biblical scholars who've done a lot of, um, a lot of work, but, um, I would say finding, um, people like I've mentioned that you might trust or that, um, seem to know what they're talking about, um, and preferably people who are like biblical scholars or people who've um, worked in that realm. And then, um, really, I mean, you have an endless amount of resources online as well. Um, so that's that's kind of what I do. Those are great. And I think in addition to that, one thing that I, you know, a couple things that I look at is I have a study Bible. So I have a Bible that doesn't have any study notes or anything like that. Um, because a study Bible can be overwhelming, but then the study Bible, what it does is that it'll basically show you some commentaries right there in the Bible about what this verse means. It'll cross-reference different parts of the Bible with each other so you can see how the Bible interconnects with each other. Um, yeah. And also in the study Bible, it'll also give you context of like what when this book was written, who was it written by, the um, culture that was around Um when that book was written, I think that is very important to understand. Like Tanner said, the why, why are these books written? Why do we have a collection of them? And then a couple other things. One is, uh, the Bible project. So they have a YouTube channel, uh, that goes through the books of the Bible and goes through topics of the Bible. And they're really short. Um, but they are very succinct in explaining different, um, themes of the Bible. And then they also have a podcast. And then there's also an app called got questions which you can almost type in any question and you will typically find an answer for the question uh, that you're asking. Um, So those are some resources to kind of uh, use to help you navigate through reading the Bible yourself. And I would encourage that because yes, it's okay to go listen to all these other tools and all that, but you know, God really wants to speak through to you through his word. You know, the spirit will lead you in that. Um, And I guess I wanted to kind of end this episode on a personal question. You know, both of us are now dads. And as a dad, how, what do you think about telling these stories to your kids? Um, I know that this has been a topic that I've thought about a lot of like, how does, how does the Bible change now that you've, you have a child and you're going to tell these stories to them? Yeah. Um, I honestly haven't really thought about it a whole lot, um, to be honest, but I think for me, I, I, I needed to be able to fully believe and trust in it before I can pass it on. And, and I think that for me, it was like being able to dig in and research and, and then I can communicate with confidence and say, no, 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 this is, this is why I believe this. I don't, I don't just read this because it's, you know, well, I'm supposed to do it. It's providing, um, you know, a reason why. And then kind of circling back to what we had talked about at the beginning is um, it's not just this task that needs to be checked off um, or something that is like, God said that, so I'm going to do it. It's like, right. well, it should be something that we willfully 
enjoy doing and um and and it's it's a part of the whole process of growing closer to god so um i i don't know if that really answered the question but i think that's part of it is is for me i needed to be able to fully um and and i'm still there's still times where i struggle but uh i needed to be able to have a a a more solid foundation of my faith i guess and trust in it what about you yeah, those are great questions, and I'm you know I'm glad you you know are open and honest about it. I think you know I've we have a a book called the Jesus Storybook Bible, and so I think one thing that that book does really well is it's telling the story of all these you know David and Goliath, Daniel and the Lions Den, Abraham and Isaac, and on and on all these Old Testament stories leading to Jesus's story. And the point yeah. of the book is trying to help us see that there is one story throughout the Bible. It's not just like yeah. a bunch of collection of stories. It's one yep. story telling the redemption of humanity, the redemption of creation. And that all yep. culminates in Jesus. And so yep. that book does a really good job of connecting everything back to Jesus, which is what we've talked about from the very beginning is if Jesus is who he says he is, if he rose from the dead, that is the climax of history. It is the turning point of history. And so that is the thread that keeps the whole Bible together. And so that's yep. what I think about in telling this to my kid is how can I relate this back to Jesus? Um, because yep. that is the focal point. It's the gospel. And so I hope you can walk away feeling like, you know, you're not alone. If you struggle with reading the Bible, we struggle with reading the Bible every day. We struggle with understanding it. In fact, I re- have a stat that 57% of Protestants struggle with reading the Bible. So you're definitely not alone. Um, but I want you to know that it's okay to struggle through it, to ask questions, and it's okay to struggle reading through it. But I, I challenge you and I encourage you to read it yourself and allow God to correct the areas that need correction and encourage you where you need to be encouraged. So thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time.